At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders. Welcome back from the Super Bowl. It's baseball season. Forget the NFL draft does not matter at all. And if you want to think about the NFL draft, get out of here. What are you doing here? I'm Adam Weinerib alongside fan size MLB insider and Sunday birthday haver Robert Murray here to break down what happened over the weekend since we last saw you on Friday. Hasn't been a long time since we've seen you, but we've got a couple of things going down. Robert, uh, thank you for joining me and thank you for recovering from the double whammy of Super Bowl Sunday and your birthday. Even I am running on low energy right now, and I can't imagine that you're doing much better than I am. I So I also have some caffeine here to help out. I did not drink yesterday purposely because I knew I had the podcast today, and I could not be like drunk or hungover for my first ever episode with my co-host Adam Heibner, uh, which, okay. So there was some guy that tweeted at both Adam and I and said his name was actually Adam Heibner and not Adam Weinrib. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I, that's, I had to make a joke about that early on. Cause that was, just <laughs> it, was a cl- it was a close one. It was, I, I will say I've had my name uh, said incorrectly before, obviously uh, Weinrib is a tough one. Usually it comes with an E at the end. <laughs> Uh, you look in the, uh, at Disney world at Epcot, there's like this Ellis Island immigration manifest or whatever, where you can look up your name and get, I don't know, like a license plate or some shit. And wine rib with an IB isn't even in there. It's EB. So like I've heard EB, I've heard other stuff. Heibner is a new one, but we are embracing it, uh, cause we're embracing an off season that has not gone the way we expected. And so why wouldn't I just have to accept a new name at this point in time? No, exactly. We had to do something to try to get the offseason to heat up a little bit. And it actually, who would have thought that most of the action would end up happening during Super Bowl Sunday? Like, literally, I was like, this is no joke about how this is this all ended up happening. So the Nick Gordon trade, yeah. uh, I was doing planks at the gym. And all of a sudden, I found out that he was being traded to the Miami Marlins. And I tweeted that. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching the Super Bowl, like basically everybody else. And all of a sudden, I find out that Yasmani Grandal is on the verge of signing with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I texted somebody else to confirm it. They confirmed it. And then I texted someone else, and his response naturally was, the Super Bowl is on, bro. And I'm like, I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah. And ended up tweeting that, and the responses were about as you would expect. And it was crazy, but it was fun. And we had some more action this this morning as well with Jerks and Profar going to the San Diego Padres. Wouldn't you know it, I also broke that one as I pulled into the gym parking lot, which, yeah, I don't know why, but 95% of my scoops this offseason have come from the gym. So, yeah, pretty crazy. And, yeah, let's, let's break it all down, Adam. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. If you know, you know. If you're in the Discord, you know that the best scoops come when Robert is uh, working out leg day. Uh, and if you're not in, we welcome you if you want to join us. This is a message for all baseball fans. Probably a touch late for Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, as everybody knows, I do my $1 bets, and I told Robert I won $27 yesterday. So dirt off my shoulder. Uh, DraftKings, though, if you are not like me, you want to be more of a high roller. 
They are offering a fantastic sign-up bonus for all new users. You can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim 150 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is you will receive both rewards, even if your first bet loses. And, oh, believe you me, your first bet's probably going to lose. When you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER, no S. Using our code Baseball Insider not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code Baseball Insider to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. And please join us right here every Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. Join us on the YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, hit subscribe. If you want to join and become a member, hit join. We'd love to see you. But the most important thing right now is getting more and more subscribers. We'd love to see you here for the live episodes. And if you do join the Discord, though, you will understand some of the discourse in the comments, which is absolutely insane and type of nonsense. You can only understand if you're in that group on a regular basis. It actually disturbs me how much of it I do understand. I, I like want to understand less of it, but I keep <laughs> reading it being like, oh, I, I get that too. Uh, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, it's crazy because like that's one thing that I do enjoy eating is I, I like eating raw minute rice and mm-hmm. people in the comments are getting absolutely after me now. It's literally every comment here right now. I will say the Discord is, is a very good time, very good community. Could not recommend more joining that where you can be the most informed fan in baseball, as we like to say, and also just join an awesome community. So I highly recommend doing that. And I also highly recommend eating some raw minute rice, not eating the entire box or anything by any means. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. Oh boy. I'm going to, I'm going to get absolutely crushed for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I can already see myself getting canceled. Josh Wilson. Uh, I already know. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, not good. <laughs> Here we go. I like the comments saying, join the discord. You'll find out more. Arguably you'll find out less. That's kind of the whole <laughs> deal, but still, yeah. uh, we would welcome you there. If you want to come and troll Robert for his rice takes, yeah. his other food takes, etc. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll also I'll just so I see I see Blake here asking this. He's asked this quite a bit here already. Uh, I don't expect Willie Adamas to be traded. Uh, it's I'll yeah. So I just don't expect that to be traded. Yeah, uh, but plenty of uh, talent is on the market still. It remains crazy. Uh, I've just accepted at this point that uh, our friends Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger. Uh, Blake Snell and Matt Chapman are just not in Major League Baseball anymore, which is a shame for them. I don't think they intended to change career paths in 2024. I think they all thought they would sign for hundreds of millions of dollars. And yet here they are uh, not making any money, not playing Major League Baseball, uh, which has left us kind of insane. At this point, I'm definitely, I've I've forgotten about them. I've counted them out of MLB action, uh, but it has led me to start theorizing conspiracy wise and trying to connect dots and looking around the league. And I am not the only one on the Phillies right now as a dark horse in both the Montgomery and Bellinger markets. Yep. Not just Monty, but belly as well. Uh, Dave Dombrowski on WIP last week, Philly sports radio said, quote, I can't tell you that somebody doesn't fall into your lap at some point where you say, gee, that's an opportunity we can't turn down. Local radio guy Howard Eskin also thinks the Phillies could be sleepers for Belly and Montgomery if their prices drop. And guess what? They have, or they better have, because <laughs> could there be a better time for someone to fall into your lap than pitchers and catchers reporting? That's pretty much the time. That's the end game. Like the comment said, the offseason is over. Spring training is here. 
These players have not signed. This is a lap. They are falling into it. Uh, the Brandon Marsh injury only increases the Phillies' need for some production out of center field as well, which they didn't get in the playoffs last year with Johan Rojas and Marsh splitting duty. Um, the Phillies need a bat like Bellinger. The Phillies need a pitcher like Montgomery. Rob Bradford out in Boston said that the Rangers and Montgomery haven't talked in weeks because both sides know the other's price. Um, all of this leads me to believe that if a dark horse like the Phillies doesn't step in, these people are still going to be waiting a while. Is my crazy theory, which is a theory that other people seem to share as well, crazy? Is there some validity here? How are we still waiting for all of these pieces to move? Yeah, as far as this goes with like the Boris Big Four, and the Boris Big Four, as we know at this point, is Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, Matt Chavin, um, and Jordan Montgomery. And it's those four. And the longer that those guys end up sitting on the on the market here, the more likely it is that some other team is going to be able to hop into this thing. And who knows at that point? And there's a team, like, if you look at the Philadelphia Phillies, they obviously ended up getting Aaron Nola almost immediately at the start of the offseason, re-signed him, and then they were pretty quiet. They were pretty competitive in the bidding uh, for Yamamoto, and Dave Dombrowski even confirmed as much recently. I can't remember what interview he did, but he confirmed it. And... Like, clearly they have money to spend. And you look at some of these guys that are still out in the market. I mean, it makes sense if there's an opportunity to pounce. Like, I think a, a Montgomery on a short-term deal could make sense. A Bellinger type could make sense. Although Dombrowski kind of said that they didn't have much playing time for an outfielder. So you kind of threw some cold water on that possibility. Um, but clearly, like, they, they have the ability to spend as evidenced by the Yamamoto pursuit. And I also think a, t a position that they can end up trying to pursue here is a closer spot. And I know there's been plenty of Kenley Jensen smoke. I did see Ken Rosenthal report earlier today that he thinks it's trending toward unlikely uh, that he's going to end up being moved. So who knows there? But I think the Phillies could be, if they wanted to be, aggressive in a lot of different ways with a Bellinger, with a Montgomery type making sense maybe, or even a closer. Like the flexibility is good. They don't have to make a move now. Maybe they end up signing, I don't know, a, a lesser guy to play all over the place and then try to address something um, closer to the deadline. Who knows what there, but they have flexibility. Clearly Dombrowski likes stars. So does John Middleton, their owner. They're not afraid to spend. So at this point, you never really know, but I think it makes sense. Like Ken Rosenthal said, though, the Kenley Jansen stuff petering out affects so many different teams' potential offseason endings. Like, if if Jansen doesn't go to the Phillies, then the Red Sox maybe don't have the requisite money to spend on Montgomery. Like, maybe they can't step in and get Montgomery or Solaire, meaning Montgomery's still faded to Texas, but Texas doesn't have the money either, so maybe the Phillies not acquiring Kenley Jansen makes them more likely to step in on Jordan Montgomery. I, I feel like I'm going absolutely insane here. And this offseason has left my brain rotted and melted. So like, is there, is there a chance for a surprise late impact here? Or are we just kind of stuck in hell where all of these players are, are connected to these teams that won't make a move that won't ask them to dance. Like we just keep hearing about the same teams over and over again, but this is February 12th. We were doing this on December 20th. Are we just stuck in hell? It, teams are reporting to spring training. People are getting their spring training hats. People are in the best shape of their lives. I guarantee Blake Snell is not in the best shape of his life right now. He's he is, he is Twitch streaming, waiting to make $200 million. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, we are we're stuck in hell. That is exactly how I'd put it, and it is just. It's a really weird off season. And I've talked to numerous different agents. I've talked to numerous different executives who have all said the same thing. They can't necessarily remember an off season quite like this because we're at the point where pitchers and catchers are reporting to spring training. And, and, uh, sorry, Jacob Z that comment. It's pretty funny. Um, really funny. But anyways, um, like we're at the point where all these guys are reporting to spring training and there's so many players who are left unsigned and it is just, and there's no end in sight. That's the thing is like you talk to different people and like you hear this guy's not close. That other guy's not close. Like a lot of these guys aren't necessarily close. I mean, there's some people who are getting closer, but they're not, they're not the big names by any means. And yeah, I, I don't necessarily know when the end is in sight. You got to imagine that these players are going to be signed before opening day. But in terms of, like you wonder about these these high end pitchers like a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery or even some of the other guys because it takes time to ramp up during spring training and get ready for live game action. Maybe the urgency there is greater than it would be for a hitter, but it is just it's really puzzling and it's got a lot of people in baseball baffled right now, including myself. And I'm hoping it ends sooner than later, but I'm not optimistic. Yeah, Snell needs some ramp-up time, especially all the time he spent on the Cy Young and awards tour circuit. Meanwhile, Matt Chapman could roll out of bed and hit 240. He could roll out of bed and hit 240. Sorry, Matt Chapman. Um, yeah, I can't believe we're still keeping our eyes on this, but we are. And guess what? Thursday's show, probably going to be more of the same. Uh, well, let's break down a few rumors that have emerged uh, in the last 48 hours or so. Uh, actual, legitimate, tangible news as well. Uh, we talked Grandal and we talked about the fact that uh, there was action on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I kind of was interested in the the Marlins trading for Nick Gordon after that DFA. I'm struggling to find unity in either team's offensive strategy. And I understand that Grandal is sort of the, eh, we missed on Gary Sanchez, might as well swing and try to crack one here for a couple of million fewer. Uh, Jerks and Profar getting a major league deal for $1 million probably the lowest amount of millions of dollars I've ever seen a major leaguer sign a major league contract for since, you know, salaries went up uh, five, six, seven years ago. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on that, you know, collection of deals, anything you find to be a, an actual game changer there? I feel like the, the Marlins taking a chance on Gordon who actually broke out in 2022 a little bit is kind of noteworthy, but also it's also mostly noteworthy in an off season where we're dealing with a whole bunch of nonsense. Yeah, it was to start with the Marlins move here. It was nice to see them actually make an addition to the major league roster. And Nick Gordon is a guy that, I mean, they're obviously familiar with his brother, D Gordon, and he is someone who is immensely talented coming off of a down year. And it's funny, the timeline on all this, because he ended up losing an arbitration hearing. And then the, literally the next day he was traded. And yeah, it was, it was kind of just bizarre. Um, but it was kind of the writing was on the wall that I think a change of scenery could be good there. And he can end up getting more consistent playing time in Miami. Um, and the return to Minnesota was Stephen Okert, I believe it was. And I'll tell you the, what the twins are building as far as their, their bullpen, they're going to have one of the better bullpens in baseball, I think. And another, like an addition that they had recently, Jay Jackson, I'm telling you, he was one of the most, when I was covering the Brewers in Milwaukee, he was there and he was one of the most popular teammates in in Milwaukee and you could hear the same thing about him in Toronto and just how everyone loved him there 
it was good there too. And I think that one kind of flew under the radar, especially for the dollar amount that he ended up getting. So I think the Twins have done a nice job uh, with some below-the-radar uh, bullpen additions. And then the Yasmani Grandal signing in Pittsburgh. That one, um, I kind of had a feeling that one was coming. When it became clear that they weren't going to sign Gary Sanchez, that he ended up getting a more lucrative offer from the Milwaukee Brewers. And and that fit kind of caught me off guard, too. Um and I'll, I'll get into that. Actually, let's talk about that one after I get done talking about Grandal. Is, uh, Grandal was another player that the, that the Pirates liked, and his market was relatively quiet before that, that signing. And then all of a sudden, um, or until Sanchez went off the market, and then the Pirates stepped out their pursuit of Grandal, um, ended up viewing him as a good veteran option in – uh, in a room that includes Henry Davis, who is the number one overall pick at one point. And like, honestly, like people are, have asked me, what does this signing of Grundahl mean for Henry Davis? Honestly, I think it's not a bad thing for the pirates. And here, and here's my logic. And I think it's a smart thing is he has limited experience behind the plate and then automatically thrusting him into a position where he's got like, it's either him or nothing. And he's going to end up being getting the bulk of the action um, behind the plate is it's a pressure spot. And if they're able to have him like a veteran guy next to him that can teach him that can be there, um, and just kind of take some of the load off of him, I think it takes some pressure off and it's a smart thing. I think it was a cheap signing two and a half million bucks is really not much at all. I see Canyon here. Who's a pirates fan, not happy with the signing. I, I like, honestly, you, you could do worse. You could do a lot worse. And who was their catcher that they, that they ended up having last year that they traded to the Rangers? Um, oh, uh, best the, everybody's best friend who got one at bat in the World Series. Uh, yeah. Austin oh, Hedges. is it Austin? No, Austin. Austin Hedges. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, that's. Exa- I was thinking. I always get him and Austin Barnes mixed up. But yeah, Austin yeah. Hedges. I mean, you could have Austin Hedges, and I mean, from a defensive perspective, really good. Offensively, you're getting nothing, and. I mean, I, th- I think Grundahl is, a, is an upgrade over Hedges, and it's going to be for a lot less than he ended up signing for last year. So I don't have any issue with it whatsoever. Uh, and then Profar, that deal was just a long time coming. Uh, that was something I definitely um, – it was just a writing on the wall. There was other teams that were firmly involved there, but I think a reunion for Profar made the most sense in San Diego. Yeah, especially after he tried to play the Colorado game last year, and that did not work. So might as well return home somewhere that's more comfortable. What an odd career for Yasmani Grandal, too. Something I haven't thought about in a long time because he hasn't reached that peak in several years. But the peak was, uh, you know, 115, 120 OPS plus every single year behind the plate. And in 2021, he hit 23 bombs in 93 games for a 155 OPS plus and 939 OPS, 240 average, 420 OBP, a walk maniac. But from that point in his career, he has become essentially a backup catcher the last two seasons and will continue to be one in Pittsburgh. Uh, Did you want to talk about the Gary Sanchez fit a little bit as well in Milwaukee? Because uh, they now have two offense-first backstops, it would seem, uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it was... That was not necessarily on my radar until the day that he ended up signing. I heard rumors in the earlier in that day that the Brewers were in the mix for Sanchez and that he ended that they end up might be in the most likely destination. And lo and behold, he ended up going there. And the Brewers they are very high on their ability to 
build catchers and just help them grow. Like they've had tons of success with signing guys that have been struggling defensively. And then they get them uh, with Walker McKinvin and they get them with Charlie green and they turn in like they improve significantly behind the plate and with their pitch framing. And Sanchez's metrics were better than I think most people realized. And they thought that they could get even more out of him. And that is exactly what, um, they viewed, they, they identified him as a fit. They ended up getting it done. And if you look at their catcher catcher's room, they have, uh, William Contreras, they have Gary Sanchez, they have Austin Nola and they have Eric Haas. And mm-hmm. it's four catchers. That is a lot of, I mean, you got a lot of experience that they're all veterans. And when they signed Haas, they did not guarantee him, uh, a spot or, or they, they, or let me rephrase that. They did not rule out adding another catcher. So I don't necessarily know what it means for him going forward. Um, I mean, maybe they could allow him to find a clearer path for playing time elsewhere, um, or they could end up going and keeping him on the roster. They could end up uh, having Noah be the number three catcher, and he can also play elsewhere on the field as well. So it gives them a lot of different options, but the fit necessarily didn't make sense to me at first, but after hearing their logic internally, Uh, I can see the vision there for sure. And they have no shortage of catchers whatsoever. At At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Point. Yeah, shout out to the New York Yankees, by the way, who also have five on their 40-man roster. That's five, but clearly the Brewers uh, want to get in our level, and we will welcome the Brewers if they would like to approach that absurdity. Um, want to get to a couple names here that we've definitely seen yapped about in the chat uh, and a couple people who theoretically there have been buzz out there that it buzz has been building. They're getting closer to moving. And yet that was before the weekend. Now it's Monday. We still haven't seen anything definitive. The first name that comes to mind for me is Jorge Soler, just because there was a Susan Slusser tweet, I believe about Soler and the giants getting closer. Uh, we've had a whole weekend to stew on that. We obviously do not have a deal yet. There was a John Morosi connection there as well. Uh, so what can you tell us about Soler at this point? Uh, the Giants connection is gaining smoke, uh, but where there's smoke, there might not be fire. And there's been fire only like three times this offseason. So I've come to just assume, hey, no fire. But what's the situation on Solaire? Has there even been fire three times this offseason? I, do I don't we know. Do I know. What is fire? Like, is it fire when yeah. Yasmani Grandal goes to the Pirates? Because if so, yes. Yeah. Spencer Turnbull, is that fire? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's better than what we've had, which is absolutely nothing. But I can tell you, as far as Jorge Soler goes, like giants are absolutely in like that is, yeah, they're, they're in for sure, but there's also other teams involved here. And like you, it's really just, it's confusing with him because you don't necessarily know what a timeline looks like because things can change so quickly as we've seen on this podcast before Uh, one phone call can change anything and everything. But um, I don't envision this ended up being a scenario where it's imminent. But I think there's plenty of teams here that make sense for him. And whether it's a, a one-year deal, whether it's a two-year deal, or even if it's a three-year deal. I saw John Morosi throw out the three-year number. I don't necessarily know exactly um, what he's seeking. But um, I think Soler, like, it's really interesting because you have Tiasca Hernandez, who ended up getting one year. 
does Solera end up somehow getting three or does he get two or what does it look like? I don't know. It's been a really bad hitting market overall for free agents, as we've seen with all these guys that are still left unsigned. Um, but he's clearly one of the most talented free agents out there. He's a guy that can hit for immense power. Um, I mean, if he gets a hold of one, there's not many players who can hit it further than him. And he's also performed at big games. Um, and he's, yeah, I, he's a player that I really like. I think you can get more out of him for sure. Can end up being a real impact guy, but there's plenty of teams here involved here. I don't necessarily know where he ends up or if it's imminent, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's imminent at all. Two years max, like the comments are saying, is fine for a player of Solaire's caliber, but can we at least get a year? Can we get him locked down? Because this is an all-star level baseball player. There are holes in the swing. Yeah, yeah holes in the swing, imperfect. I get it. But 50 homer bat floating on the market, you should be able to give this guy two years if you are a contending team or a verge of contending team. Exactly. And like, and this is a case of where you check with people and you ask if it's close and they're like, no. And then it's basically the common answer is, is like you hear – it's just taking longer than we could have ever expected. And that's just, that's the case of a lot of free agents at this point. And it's a really, it's just a really bizarre market, a really bizarre one. In another uh, instance of bizarreness in the market, it felt like we were getting relatively close to maybe a Jaron Duran trade to the Padres towards the end of last week. I went to a beer hall to eat a bacon sandwich. Shout out to food. Um, and I was like, this is probably going to break while I'm over here enjoying this bacon sandwich. Uh, and that was 6 p.m. on the East Coast on Friday. Now it's Monday, February 12th. Got nothing. Got nothing for you, as Jeff Probst likes to say. Uh, what is the situation on these talks? Why have these stalled as well? Uh, or have they? Was it not as close as maybe we were reading at the time either? Yeah, like... I don't know what I don't know what else was reported on on Duran, but if uh, if you guys tune into the Baseball Insiders last Friday, which was a surprise episode on Friday, yes. uh, we said here that it was not imminent, and it was a case where um, the teams have talked to the Red Sox about Duran. Like the Padres have been one of them for sure, but I was never under the impression that a deal was close. Would definitely not rule out a trade, um, but yeah, it's just a case where. Teams are having conversations like they always do. He's a really talented guy, signed cheap, signed long-term. Like that's a player that a lot of these teams would really desire. And I mean, that's just the reality of it. But I, as of like Friday, I heard it wasn't close and I have not heard anything else recently to suggest that has changed, but who knows? But I, yeah, I just don't think it's close. I am going to read just an absolutely disgusting bit of content that came across my feed one minute ago from MLB Network. Here are the notable remaining free agents still on the market. Um, Tim Anderson, Cody Bellinger, Brandon Belt, Matt Chapman, Adam Duvall, J.D. Martinez, Whit Merrifield, A.J. Pollock, Jorge Soler, Gio Urshela, Mike Clevenger, Zach Granke, Brad Hand, Liam Hedricks, Michael Lorenzen, Jordan Montgomery, Hunjin Ryu, Blake Snell, Ryan Stanek, and Brandon Woodruff will be out for the year, but will be back for next year. Those are the people you can add. For money alone, right now, it is February 12th. Uh, we were talking about collusion prior to the last collective bargaining agreement. This, I don't know what this is. If it's another form of collusion or just tight budgets or like access to too much publicly disseminated information. Like now that everybody has the same metrics, we can't come to a consensus on these deals for players with shaky metrics. Or if this is just what we were always destined to, to receive at this point in time because none of these players are without flaw, but I guess that means they don't deserve to work anymore. Uh, deeply, deeply confounded. I thought Woodruff was going to go months ago. 
didn't we think Woodruff was going to go as soon as he was non-tendered uh, to a smart team that just was well aware he wasn't going to pitch this year and was willing to stash him for 2025? How is he still on the market? Like, how, how have we had no movement on the players? Everybody agreed in mid-December would be good bargains. Oh, 100%. And, like, and I can tell you, like, obviously teams are probably scared about his shoulder injury that he had because that's that's a scary one. Uh, there's no sugarcoating that. But I, I spent a good amount of time around Brandon Woodruff when I cover the Brewers. And I can tell you he is one of the best locker room guys that you could ask for. And in terms of if you want him on a contender for next year, I think that's a really smart thing to add to your, add to your roster. And then if you also are an up-and-coming team, looking at him and – the kind of person that he is, I think he is a guy that you can absolutely build like your locker room culture around. I think there's, he was just super respected in Milwaukee and yeah, I, I've, he's, he's one of the most underrated free agents. One is a pitcher, but also as a dude. And I think any team that signs him is going to end up looking really smart, but in terms of just like, yeah, it just, it's, it's remarkable. I, I, I've said it so many different times on this podcast that I cannot believe just how slow it's been. Uh, I, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It legitimately is. Well, it's kind of crazy that we have so many people rocking with us today and throughout the whole offseason, given how slow it's been, that we even have people asking for a biscuit cam. If you want to see my dog on the show, uh, this is him on the sweatshirt. That's the closest you're going to get today, unfortunately, because he is still T minus eight days away from the cone being removed so i would not uh be so crass as to bring cone biscuit onto this show uh, i would imagine i wouldn't be hosting this show either if i had surgery and wasn't allowed to lick my kneecap uh so unfortunately we're gonna have to wait a while for the real biscuit but he is recovering he is recuperating and he is in the best shape of his life so we will see biscuit again soon but that is the level that's a uh, again the level of off season that we've come even biscuit even biscuits getting dinged this offseason. Nobody survives this offseason on skate. Nope, no. And ulti- biscuits, the ultimate gamer. Uh, this podcast would not be possible without biscuit. Let me tell you. And there's, and there's, there's also one more point that I wanted to bring up, Adam. That about, I, biscuit? I want- about biscuit. Oh, <laughs> not, not, not about biscuit, but, uh, but about because uh, I'm seeing comments here, and I wanted to say it before, but I forgot. But I wanted to make sure I said this too: is people are blaming uh, Scott Boris. Um, for this slow market. And this is not, this is just genuinely how I feel is we started this off season in saying that Shohei Otani was slowing down the market and he ends up signing. It was crickets. And then we thought, Oh, Yamamoto's holding up the market. He signs crickets. And now we're saying that Scott Boris is holding up the market. But if you look at his players, Matt Chapman, limited market, um, Blake Snell looks like a limited market. You see Cody Bellinger looks like a limited market. And then you have um, Jordan Montgomery, also another limited market as well. Uh, That's just my view from from media reports. That's not me reporting anything. Aggregators out there not reporting anything there. Just my dot connecting from um, just all the other reports. I I don't think he's holding up the market. I just think it's a case of... Teams not willing to spend on these free agents. And yeah, like I don't know necessarily what's the exact reason for the market being held up, but I don't, I genuinely don't think it's Boris. I, I don't, I don't think that maybe I'm wrong. Wouldn't be the first time, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's him. I don't, I don't know what it is. 
Look, I'm going to call it like I see it. I think Ryan Stanick is holding the market up. Hey, Ryan, I'm going to need you to be a fucking nice guy, okay? And let the market go. Get, unclench your fist on the market. Let these players sign. Okay, man, these guys need homes. Stop uh, Stop these unreasonable demands. No, I mean, there there are so many names still on the market. It is wild. Uh, but yeah. Boris, of course, like the comments are saying, he, he is the common denominator with four of the biggest names on the market. And all four of those players do have flawed profiles and are asking for totals that are unlikely to be met. So there will certainly be a, a reach reality moment in the coming weeks uh, because it is, again, February yeah. Wealth. Exactly. And and Cap NJ, uh, that was not, he did not text me to say that. I promise you there. Um, no, I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. But um, like the, Danny, like I think you make a good point. It, it could be the TV deals. I mean, it could be that. There's There could be a lot of different wide ranging reasons. I think that one makes sense. But man, what, uh, what a market. Hi, Canyon. Um, Hello. thanks for that comment we appreciate you for that and you also own jacob so that's i mean that's nothing new there we all knew that but yep. um yeah we gotta we gotta hope this heats up soon because this this yeah it's tough i could before we go tap in on the cease yankees stuff from nightingale which uh i mean a couple of yankees things in the hopper uh, apparently josh Hader and the yankees and josh Hader and the dodgers were talking but you mentioned to me that the astros just kind of blew those conversations out of the water which makes total sense uh that's that's correct right that the astros just went above and beyond for hater yeah oh absolutely because like hater he was drawing interest from everything that i gather from a lot of different big market teams and it was contending teams and that's exactly what he wanted but he was not close until uh the astros ended up really just jumping in and making it clear that he was their number one option like the astros did talk to some other players for sure uh like hector neris is one they talked about a reunion with him but um as far as it goes like as soon as the astros just identified hater as their far and away best option that's the player that they they hone in on uh they made sure it was okay with ryan presley before they ended up signing him and then lo and behold uh they ended up landing the player and that was a fit that it it made a lot of sense on it made a lot of sense on paper especially once it was clear that kendall graven was off for the year then if you look at their back two guys in the, in the bullpen having hater and ryan presley there's not many teams that can compete with that that is really impressive and um yeah it made sense the astros ended up getting it like the dodgers and the yankees were in to some degree and there were some other teams in it as well but uh it never got to the point of close with them and that does leave the yankees no longer looking to address the bullpen after getting caleb ferguson and not going the extra mile for hater but they still have uh, there, there's this like deep abiding need in, in the New York sports space to say, Hey, the Yankees need an extra ACE caliber starter. I can't tell it's, I can't tell where it comes from, but I also can, it comes from the fact that Carlos Rodon was terrible last year. Uh, and so there's, it's, there's a tough to reconcile thing of right now, the rotation's full, right? You got Stroman in there. You got Rodon and Nestor Cole and Clark Schmidt in the five. So if you're going to trade Clark Schmidt, then you have a rotation spot open. But as of now, you've got five guys. And so the people that you're going to bring in as insurance are Cody Poteet, Cody Morris, the rookies. You know, it's tough to justify importing a cease or importing a driveline king Shane Bieber without getting rid of Clark Schmidt. Uh, because you do need, you know, if you're bringing in a number two type, you're essentially admitting defeat on Rodon and knocking Clark Schmidt out of the rotation, which are two tough things to do at this point in time. And a digital thumbs up agrees with me. <laughs> so uh, 
if you can keep Spencer Jones out of it, if you can maybe put Schmidt in it, then I could see them getting a cease deal or a Bieber deal done. But I still feel like that has to wait till the trade deadline. And I, I don't think with a five-man rotation right now that you need to take that plunge necessarily. But if you disagree, uh, I, look, I could be talked into it. I think it all hinges on the fact that they need if Rodon's bad, then the Yankees rotation won't be good. But this is year two, and they have to stay committed to him for now. Exactly. And I'm right there with you on that. And this is a case to me where I don't expect a Dylan Cease type or even a Shane Bieber type to be moved ahead of like the opening day mark. I, I just, I think they stay put. And like recent comments from Chris Getch just a little bit ago that he expects Cease to be their opening day starter would seem to further add fuel to that, that he's going to end up staying put in Chicago for now. And then that conversation is only going to be really heated up until the trade deadline. And we'll see from there. But as far as the Yankees go, the fit makes sense, especially if Rodon is, uh, is is not up the snuff like he was last year. And, I mean, that conversation would grow louder, but there's going to be a lot of other teams that are still, like, would, that would make sense for a, a Dylan Cease type. And um, we'll see about that. Well, there's a lot of different scenarios thrown around this winter, but, yeah, I, I think the trade deadline is a realistic time for, for us to look at a Dylan Cease trade. Then – that conversation will get going, and I'm sure there's going to be other starting pitchers in the market as well that are going to be talked about. Yeah, and if Rodon is barely there this year, obviously they will have to get some sort of insurance at the deadline, if not the offseason. But uh, the Yankees train keeps chugging on. The Major League Baseball train ground to a halt, broken wheel, messed up axle, still sitting between stations, somewhere between Stamford and New Haven. Uh, or is that just my morning commute back when I used to work in Connecticut? Not sure. But either way, uh, the offseason still not rolling uh and i want to place i want to sign up for DraftKings. i am a new user i will use the code baseball insider i want to put a one dollar bet that we get one critical big league signing before thursday's podcast somebody uh, i'm gonna actually go as far as to say two names on that chunky list i read off earlier in the show of actual bona fide major league free agents who are still unsigned will find a new home by Thursday's show. Uh, As long as Ryan Stanek releases his iron fist grip on the market. Ryan, I'm talking directly to you. Let these players get what's theirs. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, if two of those players go off the market, I I would give you incredible props for that call because this market is moving at a snail's pace. And yeah, I'll tell you, it's... Boy, you're, you're maybe more optimistic than I am. Maybe I'm just pessimistic at this point just because this offseason has just been so grueling. Oh, it makes um, me want to eat dynamite for sure. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. It makes me want to eat raw rice again. So that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I won't get that far. I don't want to do that. But. <laughs> and also, uh, let's see, Ryan M is asking Corbin Burns extension or free agency? Uh, free agency for sure. That is, I would be legitimately floored. Um, if, if he ended up signing an extension, because that's just not in the Scott Boris playbook at all. Like he's a guy that screams Boris is taking him to free agency and trying to get the most money. Uh, and then I'm also seeing people asking here about the Angels and Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. I have legitimately heard nothing new on either of those teams. So I don't want to just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to give you guys bad dope. I don't want to even make stuff up because I, I just have not heard anything new. And Solaire, Red Sox, I saw Tyler check in with a little bit too. They still in that market at all, or, or do we just not know? Honestly, I don't know. Um, I, have, I haven't heard. That's not me saying yes or no. I Like, I genuinely just don't know. Um, sorry, Tyler. I, yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you. Maybe that's something I'll end up having for you on Thursday. How's that sound? 
again, check back in here on Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. I am going to – I'm putting my flag in the ground. I say two major-ish signings off that list. Uh, I don't know if everybody hears Biscuit yapping, by the way, right now. Dude going crazy over the last 15 minutes. Uh, absolute screamer. We put him uh, – we we gave up. We made sure to get him through a Super Bowl party yesterday, and he he handled it with flying colors. And then today, disaster zone. We got to get this guy right. We got to get this guy back on the podcast. Uh, but somehow, biscuit going nuts is only the thirty fifth most aggravating thing about this off season. So it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, Robert, we will be right back here on Thursday, three thirty, I believe. Right, so we can hopefully make good on that prediction that I had, uh, which could prove to be completely inaccurate. But then again, I had the Chiefs plus two and a half. I had the under, I had Carl Loftus and, and Chase Young combining for at least a half sack apiece at plus 600. Uh, I've been on a roll lately, so I think we're going to get two signings by Thursday. I'm, I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping your, your betting uh, luck continues. And I'll tell you, yesterday was a profitable day for you, boy. Um, also, I did an alter, alternate line of Chiefs minus two and a half before the game. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up doing over – no, I did – uh, yeah, over 40 and a half during the game and then a bunch of other bets. And yeah, it was it was, it was a quality time. Uh, life is good. Uh, hopefully the free agent market heats up um, like it did yesterday during the during the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have more for you on Thursday for sure. Adam Weiner, I appreciate you as always. Everyone who tuned in for this show, I uh, appreciate you as well. Active comment sections today. Yeah. Um, and then also everyone, I'm telling you, you're missing out on the raw minute rice deal. That is a, that is a great time. It's delicious. Um, don't eat the entire box. I promise that's probably a bad idea, but raw, raw minute rice is a good time. Uh, yeah, I guess it's, uh, I guess it's a good time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah well, just how nonchalantly Adam's just like, yeah, that's, this guy's nuts. Yeah. It could be, it could be a good time. I, I don't know. I have no confirmation. Um, well, we will see you later in the week. Again, thanks for joining us, everybody. Hell of a crowd today. Uh, we want to give you more information. We certainly will on Thursday. For Robert Murray, I am Adam Heibner. We will catch you later <laughs> in the week. On Thursday. Yeah, thank you, Adam Heibner. Thank you, everybody. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com.